Okay, everybody can just calm down and not panic because I can assure you that HostGator is once again sponsoring today's show. HostGator is your one-stop website shop. It makes it simple to get your professional website online quick. Plans start at just $3.47 a month. Let's face it, guys, getting a good .com is hard to do. A .net domain powered by VeriSign, on the other hand, still has a ton of awesome names available. Get out there and get moving, guys. This is what you've got to do to have your domain on a website, it's time. Use Hostgator's drag and drop builder or WordPress. No need to code. Hostgator makes it easy. Get your site up and running with just a few clicks. I am almost done reading this copy, guys. Head over to Hostgator.com, buy some hosting, get some .nets, and use coupon code JVCLUB to get an extra 30% off and support this show. We have done it. This is how sponsorship works. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 85 of the JV Club with my guest, Lennon Parham another long time coming guest. So delighted to have had Lennon on. Um, a couple of pieces of housekeeping I want to get out of the way. Um, one thing I want to apologize for two weeks ago, Edie Patterson's episode came out and I was in, as you know, New Zealand and Australia. I did not know that uh, her episode was in some way compromised by the music um, bleeding over both at the beginning of the episode and the end. Uh, no one actually told me that. Maybe it was on Twitter and I just missed it in, in the, the, the other tweets that were coming through to me, but um, I didn't know about it. So I didn't get a chance to do anything about it until I myself heard it. And I did reach out, let Nerdist know, and they have since uh, re-released it. My understanding is that on iTunes and on the Nerdist site now, it has been corrected. So again, apologies for that. Uh, for those of you who want to consider re-downloading it, I encourage you to do so. Um, I also wanted to acknowledge that I had an amazing time at Armageddon in uh, Melbourne, Australia, and in Auckland, New Zealand. What a fantastic trip. Uh, had some lovely experiences with Quora fans in person, up close and personal. Got to see my dear Jules, who is in Auckland. Got to see my dear Michelle M., who is uh, who came down to Melbourne. And um, I also wanted to remind everyone that the super embarrassing Kickstarter video that I did where I cosplay Quora, which I did for a very good cause indeed, my good friends Gabe Diani and Edda Devine's uh, upcoming film to be made via your help with Kickstarter. Uh, Diani and Divine beat the apocalypse. Yep, apocalypse is what I wanted to say. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Everyone knows I can't pronounce words. Um, But it is uh, something I encourage you to participate in. Please check out the Quora video. Uh, Visit DTMTA or DDMTA. That's DDMTA.com. Even if you just Google Diani and Divine meet the apocalypse. Uh, A bunch of great stuff will come up. There are a bunch of great videos out there. I think they're getting a lot of buzz. I'm very excited. Um, So there's that. Then I wanted to just quickly throw together some shout outs. I'm super jet lagged and super behind on social media, but I did want to acknowledge some emails that I got. Uh, I want to thank Jess. I want to thank Alec, Stephanie L, Joshana, Jennifer L, Caitlin, Allison B. I'm so glad you liked Soap Dish, Allison. Uh, And uh, Ken L, and Teresa for your emails. Um, Most of you have heard back from me. If you haven't, know that you will. And then I also wanted to give a special shout out to Courtney R. I already wrote you back, Courtney, but imagine my joy, everyone, when I heard from Courtney that uh, she's a fan of the podcast and is in fact a live, uh, wonderful Imagineer for Disney. So very, very, very excited about that. Um, 
boy, that's a lot of chit chat. I feel like I've forgotten a few things. Uh, it is 16 hours later in my brain and body than it is right here, uh, in Los Angeles. So jet lag, uh, as you all know, uh, if you've had jet lag this intense, it sort of feels like maybe you're going to die, but you don't know why or what's wrong with you. So that's what I, I get to enjoy for the next few days. Um, boy, what else can I tell you? Oh, I'm going to leave it at that, guys. And uh, please enjoy this episode with Lennon, and I look forward to connecting with you all soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. recording 100% totally do it really this time for reals there was no there was no fake out I don't know why I made it sound like there was a totally recording that I that I totally fooled you before but yeah 100% recording how do you feel I feel pretty good it's a good day today it is a good day today (laughs) in what way (laughs) I don't know it's good weather Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of sun you had a dentist appointment this morning I did and I forgot about that until just this moment um, my, my lips are very dry. Uh huh. They did a lot. He, he even was like, I need a break after that. Oh and I'm my. like, yeah, well I was the one who was like <laughs> getting drilled on. What did you, just a cavity? It was initially, um, a filling that needed to be redone mm-hmm. cause it had broken, mm-hmm. come apart. You know, this is a dental based podcast. Oh yes, I did. I, that's well, why that, it timed I mean, out so the, well. The, your, your logo is braces very, very much so i had braces twice very much. Um, oh i gotta get into that so yeah so my teeth aren't so great <laughs> and you know every six months i do some fun drilling to them oh my yeah it's good every six months pretty much yeah i guess we're all supposed to go to the dentist at least once a year maybe more twice every six twice months we're supposed to go. Go. so yeah. you just stay on top of it i do because otherwise it gets out of hand <laughs> <laughs> how what, what are you doing to these teeth I had braces twice. So I when had, did you have wore braces? retainers a yeah. thousand times. Um, I think my first time was in sixth grade. Same. Maybe fourth grade. Fourth oh. grade and sixth grade. Okay. I don't really remember the timeline, but yeah. I ha- it was a two-phase plan that Dr. Eichel had put into effect. Okay, so Dr. Eichel, it wasn't that Dr. Eichel aired originally and realized that he no. needed to do a reboot of From your braces. From the get-go, it was a two-phase plan, and I knew ahead of time I was what I was getting into. Now, what Not was really, so complicated but... that was going on inside that beautiful mouth of yours? I think he had some sort of like plan of attack, like if he gets in there early when they're f- first coming in, and then, I don't know. It's, it was very, I, the thing I remember most about his office is that he had like life-size photos of him and his family, like life-size. Yeah. Going to places that like where we were paying for him to go essentially (laughs) like on a mountaintop with his kids skiing or like in front of the pyramids. And then the other thing is that he kissed me directly on the mouth What? and every other person. What? Yes. Has this made it into a script yet? No, we have never had a dentist you episode. Write that in <laughs> immediately. That is I will. crazy. I will. It's so interesting that he's a dentist and he felt a full mouth kiss was appropriate. Yeah, was he yeah. a family friend? No, because he oh, said no. he no, he, was he kissed just, everyone. Straight dentist. 
I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. Where is said dentist? I didn't feel, I don't know. Somewhere where, where, in Georgia. That's where, I don't think he's probably retired by now. I mean, I can only These assume he's still kissing people old. on the mouth. You don't ever have to retire from that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He's probably like going to church or a temple or something and kissing everybody on the mouth. He's got to get that his fix. He's got to get his fix. But were your teeth... <laughs> what about my teeth what were your teeth crowded or were they spaced you know like i had pumpkin teeth i just had giant gaps between all my teeth oh, so mine yeah. had to be pulled together no they were i think i had more teeth than i should have or something i was always having teeth pulled out always tightened up mm-hmm. there was always some rubber band situation happening if it wasn't that it was a retainer that i would like always put through the the trash thing at lunch and have to look through the trash bag yep, for yep. it. All sorts of good stuff. Yeah. Gosh. Did you, were other people, sur- like fourth grade seems early to have braces. Were you self-conscious about them? I don't or did remember. Everybody, was everybody I think I was it? just pissed off because I couldn't chew gum was my main concern. And then they hurt. Yeah. I do have, I sent, I'm going to send you a photo. I want to say my best photo ever that i've taken because <laughs> um, i had a body wave with a layered cut love it i had a denim bow just like oh, perched on top denim bow of course you did a full face of braces oh. and still like real like i had maybe just woken up or like baby fat face mm-hmm. and then um i was wearing a cardigan that i had bought from one of my best friends at her garage sale so she did not hand it. She did not just give it to you. you no, no, no. Had to purchase it. I bought it. it. I was. Obs- I, I like. She was. I was obsessed with her. She was awesome. Her name was also Jessica. Okay, the Jessicas in our lives. Interesting. <laughs> Do she charged you two fifty four? I mean, I guess that's reasonable. It's I don't not think like she was even for there. I think her mom charged me two fifty. <laughs> And where, so was I she? Was, where was she that you were shopping at her garage sale was and she was not always to be found. cooler she was a year older than me and she was always like into good stuff you know she was she looked like a woman when she was 12 and i didn't look like a woman until i was maybe 27 <laughs> so i was always like wow she's really got it made did you how long were you friends with her um until high school until she went to high school yeah was it high school or elementary school? I don't know. One of well, those. that makes. I mean, if you there was a break off. I think it might have been elementary school. Like she went to sixth grade and I was in fifth grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but still younger. For yeah, sure. She's still gorgeous. Like I see photos of her on like Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's still gorgeous. She hasn't. She didn't age prematurely since she no. looked old so no, young. No, she's just one of those like gorgeous Southern women that just like has always been doing it. It doesn't sound like you felt like that woman, especially if you feel you womanized yourself at age 27. No, no, no. no. I don't know if I was a, if I ever, I felt like a woman when I was pregnant. I felt like a real woman who was doing what a woman's body should be doing when I was, when I was pregnant. I think that was, that's a, that was the first time. Well, I mean, I felt like a woman when I would feel sexy or something like that, but that was kind of far and few between and. Or is it few and far between? I, I think it might be the latter, but I'm perfectly happy with the former. Yeah. So um, I, I'm interested that you felt normal, that you felt like a woman being pregnant because a lot of yes. my friends who have been, I've not been pregnant, but a lot of my friends who have been talk about the fact that they 
wanted it to feel mm-hmm. normal, but instead it felt like there was an alien growing them in, in, inside them. I felt like, f- number one, I looked like the book f- for the first time. And I was like looking through what to expect or whatever. And my body looked like it was supposed to, as opposed to like all the books I obsessed over when I was 13 or whatever, waiting for my body to look like it was supposed to look like. And it didn't again until I was probably in my 20s mm-hmm. look like anything like that. So, and and also I just was like, I relished all of the um, the science of it and mm-hmm. the changes and the loss of control I kind of liked a lot. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That it was like out of my hands. Yeah. I mean, I controlled the things I could control, like eating well and exercising still and going to yoga and kind of paying attention to what I needed to pay attention to. But other than that. To know that it was happening to you. Yeah. And that it was meant to once you had made the decision to be a pregnant woman. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It was cool. Did you, where in Georgia was this? Um, Lilburn. Lilburn? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's a suburb of Atlanta, um, and it's really near this area called Stone Mountain, which is the largest above-ground granite formation in the world, wow. and it has a Confederate carving on the side of it, Ooh. and every summer night, there would be what's called the laser show. Oh, this sounds wonderful. It was amazing. Like, a lot of youth group trips, you know, a lot of family trips, break out the picnic basket, yep. and then you would, as the sun goes down... A laser show begins on the side of the mountain, complete with like George's greatest hits. And they would play like the Indigo Girls, which was very progressive. sure. Or anyone else from Georgia. And then they would um, do a Dixie trilogy where they would animate (laughs) the three Confederate soldiers. (laughs) And then they would ride off into the night and then they would break their their swords as if to say war is not good. Yeah. But there was a lot of yeehawing going on and... It was great. This sounds really cool. Do they still do it? They still do it. I would do that in a second, yeah. I think. You should. If you ever go to Atlanta. Which I used to all the time. I wish I would have known about this. Yeah. Nor have I even heard of Stone Mountain, I don't think. You can see it when you fly into the airport next time. You should peek out for it. I really should. It's really good. It's really it's really quite an event. Oh, my gosh. Was it? Did you have a feeling about it? Did you go all the way through until when you, when you were a teenager and stuff? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a good date. Yeah. No, I never went but on. You... I didn't go on a date to it. I didn't go on a lot of dates, but I did go with like groups of people. And it would it was sort of like a camp thing. Like you would go off with your friend to go get like lightsabers or those like glow in the dark, <laughs> like things that look like sea anemones. Yep. And then, um, or, or snacks or whatever. And then you would like see a boy and talk about them or whatever. That's so fun. Yeah. I mean, those, I feel like those (laughs) times, like at roller skating parties or a situation like that, yeah, that those groups of people are like, we had the spring fling, which was the University of Arizona's kind of big fundraiser where Uh it was like the rickety scary carnival. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but um, gosh, that like prickle of excitement about the intrigue, the intrigue with like a boy over there or <laughs> uh-huh. whatever that was. I feel like that's a feeling that people try to recapture or hold on to by doing like a bar scene or what have yeah, you when maybe. you're in your 20s and 30s. And I just, I can't, it isn't, it's not the same. Maybe. I don't think. I mean, it wouldn't be the same for me, I guess. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, re- I don't remember that intrigue in a positive way. <laughs> no, no. Well, so did you have like boy body? Is that how you felt? Like not developed? Yeah, um, yo, yeah. yeah, 100%. Stick thin. I was super, super skinny. Like people thought there was something wrong with me and um, flat as a board. Absolutely. And then, you know, I'd looked, I, I don't know. I wasn't like classically beautiful or whatever like I, I again didn't feel like I was a pretty I mean I felt pretty like I would go shopping and like get a dress and feel pretty mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like the kind of pretty that was rewarded if that makes sense yeah it does yeah what are your what's your family what was your family structure like in Lil, Lilburn in Lilburn yeah Lilburn <laughs> uh just me and my mom and my dad okay oh you're an only child yeah another time did your parents stay together they did they are well, listen to that yeah. to, you know why probably they go to the laser show <laughs> that keeps their love do. alive my dad did used to run around stone mountain he's a he was used to be a real runner okay what did they do for a living or he or she or? uh my mother is a social worker mm-hmm. um and then before that she worked for uh, a large like mental health care company mm-hmm and my father has done several things, currently retired. Before that, he was a special ed teacher at my old high school. Mm-hmm. And before that, he was a um, professional bluegrass musician. Hey, now. Yeah. At Stone Mountain. Oh, that's so cool. Full circle. And uh, Full, very tight circle. We're yeah. not that far into the podcast. <laughs> We've already come all the way back around. And before that... Um, uh, he worked for a long time for this place called Goodman Painting and Decorating, which did like big buildings downtown. They would do like the okay. whole interior of a building or the Atlanta airport or something. Okay. Yeah. Well, one assumes he was probably a musician for longer than that. Yeah. He always played the guitar. Okay. And we used to sing and stuff. That's so great, isn't it? Yes. It was great. Oh my gosh. Did you play Lots any of instruments? Camping trips. I, I did. He was also a drummer in... Um, this is all, you'll understand why I didn't go on any dates in a second, but, um, yeah, he was a drummer. He played for a band called the Sweet Youngins. Love it. Um, all and through high school and paid his way through college playing for them. Oh. They would do covers and dances and stuff. Um, and so I followed in his footsteps and played the drums in high school, in middle school and high school. I started taking private lessons and, um, was, was on the marching, was a marching snare mm-hmm, for four mm-hmm. years snare, sure. all through high school and then played in the symphonic band as well. And so you're, so you're outing yourself as a band geek now. Yes. By saying, well, I guess, yes. Although drumline does feel like it has a separate. Agreed. Separate sort of mystique to it. Mm-hmm. But since I was the, one of the only women I didn't really count, I guess. <laughs> it wasn't, you weren't getting a lot of tail because no, you were no, 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 no. I was obsessed with, I had like crushes on other guys. Like there was another drummer that I had a crush on and there was a trumpet player that I had a crush on. And it wasn't until much later that they became, if there, if there was interest, one of them returned advances much later, mm-hmm. like in college. And then I was like, oh no, thanks. I'm good. Yeah. Um, but that was after I had received much more attention. Did you did you travel with the band? Did you get to go places? Or we, was we, it- yeah, we traveled um, to New Orleans. Oh, and that's cool. We went to Washington D.C. Great. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I remember. I didn't do traveling like that really with my high school 
but in college a little bit with like the theater yeah. department taking a show somewhere and that's another kind of a laser show yeah uh, bus activity yeah like yeah secrets notes passed completely between rooms completely that sort of thing yeah i remember one of the most uh vivid things that i have from my uh from middle school, I guess. I went to a leadership conference with my youth group. Leadership conferences are um, underrated. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> In terms of the kind of daring do that the young people... Yeah, was, so we went to some in lake in the middle of nowhere and um, church groups from all over would come. And um, I had a boyfriend at the time who was in the youth group And I was the first one to date him in the youth group. After me, he dated everyone else in the youth group. But that was probably because I wouldn't put out. And so I had written, I have like these scathing diary entries because I just wanted like a romance, Mm -hmm. you know? I just wanted someone to like be sweet with me and listen. And I always felt like I was going to like get raped and behind the, <laughs> behind the hotel or whatever, which uh-huh. isn't was not accurate, was not a a, a logical fear. Uh-huh. But I just was like always afraid that he was gonna want to go further. Yeah. And I was not ever interested in going further. So I, I I remember though I was being counseled by two of my girlfriends who were in the youth group as well and they both were, had the hots for him. And they were like, Lenin what are you doing? Like, this is your opportunity. You have to go for it. Like, he's the hottest guy. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I won't go out. He wanted this. The The whole thing was he wanted me to come out behind the hotel and sit with him in the grass. Uh-huh. And I was like, I had gone on a date with him to see Back to the Future 3. Great. And Those we, little details. And I we, do sat, <laughs> we sat in the, in the, um, all, all I remember is the, um, the strip mall was very concrete. Like there were lots of concrete structures and there was a concrete bench. And so, and our parents had dropped us off. So after we went in, we went and sat on this concrete bench and he very formally like put his hand out and I was like, what's this? And then I took his hand <laughs> and then he just like enveloped my face with his mouth. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, so this is French kissing. Uh-huh. And I was not interested. It was not like a positive well, it doesn't sound like he was necessarily that good at it no, if he developed face. No, I guess not. I guess not. Looking back, though, I, w- I wish I would have known that because I just thought I didn't like kissing guys. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was like, this isn't this isn't something I'd want to do ever again. So, so going to sit in the grass with him behind the hotel and have him do other gross things, not interested. Yeah. So I was just fighting it, and they were both. And so I had the scathing diary entry about how... <laughs> all my friends were turning on me and they didn't understand. And if they wanted him, that they should just go for it or whatever. And then we did break up and then they did go for it. And each one, they took, he worked his way through the whole youth group and what a Don Juan. Yeah. What youth group was it? What, uh, what religion? Uh, United Methodist. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't know much about, the sort of way that the that Christianity gets broken apart. I, my mom, oh, I had to go to Mormon church with my yes. mom, so I know a lot about that, and that right, sets right, itself apart. Right. But once you get into like Presbyterian, Episcopalian, mm-hmm. Methodist, yeah, Lutheran, I thought you I don't were know much say, about like, the different ways religions say things about like getting effed. 
behind a leadership <laughs> conference. I, I like, don't know what the policy I'm, is I'm on. Sure uh, nobody thinks on, it's a good yeah. idea. No, but I just don't know that much about what sets it. Do you, yeah. do you have a sense of that when you were going to youth group and stuff? Like, oh, we're different than this other sect because no, of blah, blah, blah. Not really. Yeah. Just, I think I, I always thought it was just the place where my parents started going to church. And so mm-hmm. that's where we went. Do you mind if I ask if you're a, a believer, if you were or st- and still are a believer? In no, way? I don't mind at all. Um, I don't go to... I didn't ask. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. Totally kidding. She oh, shit. Know. She shut me down. It was okay. It was a trick. It was a trick. I'm sorry. I, I do sincerely <laughs> want to know. Um, I don't go to church now. I do believe uh, in God. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we're all connected. And I feel that there's a definite like spiritual element to our lives and to when when we when you back up and look at it from a, a little bit further back um and connection as a human being mm-hmm. with everyone else as a human being um but i don't um i'm not into the ritual right now i guess mm-hmm. is there was there ever a time in your life just because you went to youth group and because you went to church was there a time when you weren't thinking like you weren't really thinking about it one way or another. I ask because I feel like in my thirties, I sort of became more interested in the idea of some sort of spirituality mm-hmm. in my teens. I had to go to church. It was a little bit different because I, I kind of liked not believing, but still having to go then. Mm-hmm. And then my twenties, I feel like I just didn't think about it at all one way or the other. And I yeah. don't know if it's because I was in San Francisco or if it was the age. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if there was a time when you just felt less connected incidentally to an idea of spirituality because of what else ever else was going on in your life? Um, I mean, it, it, it definitely was like just a part of my life growing up. I would go every Sunday and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night. And my parents went to choir and I would have like the night to just chill out in the education building or whatever. And mm-hmm. then Sunday morning, Sunday school and church. And then um, MYF, the Methodist Youth Fellowship was Sunday nights. So I was there quite a bit. And um, and then I also went to uh, a youth like camp. Mm-hmm. Like my summer camp was uh, camp this place called Camp Glisten, which is Ooh. in Dahlonega, Georgia. What a winner of a name. Yeah. And there were waterfalls and dances and singing on the porch and um, crafts. And, and I learned about fingering there. And, <laughs> um, not Not personally experiencing it, but like... Finding out about, you know, like the slutty girl would talk about it, that sort of thing. Um, And I remember having what I thought at the time, and it could have been, I don't want to like discredit my like tween self, um, having like a God moment because there is, there's, I think a great power in unison and a great, um, I don't know, song too, I think can really take you places i don't know and i get um, really moved by other people's devotion or i get mm-hmm. moved by other people being expressive about that like bearing testimony or what have you yeah, i sort sure. of I'm like oh your yeah. emotion is spilling over onto me and it feels like i'm part of it somehow in yeah, a bigger way. yeah. And, and yeah that makes sense i i think sometimes i just get caught i just am such a fan of the human condition or like the you know like i like that Instagram account, Humans of New York. Do you know about that? I don't. I'm not on Instagram um, yet. Yet. Look it up there. He's doing a book. I just sort of got obsessed with it. Um, my friend 
said this is my new favorite Instagram account and um and I was like I have to look at this and it's just a guy that takes like photos of New Yorkers every day mm-hmm. and then quotes like he I guess he interviews them and then he quotes like one or two lines or a conversation that he has with them and it's just like so captivating I mean maybe that's why I'm an actor or maybe that's why I'm so drawn to stories you know human stories but it's just there's something about someone believing what they're saying and being passionate about it that just really moves me and touches me and yeah um yeah maybe that's why i I am a storyteller yeah or a comedian um to bring that but in anyway that um i love by the way that you within two minutes of one another said that you learned about fingering and that you had a god (laughs) moment at that camp i mean that that covers a lot of territory for one camp i love it it was a great experience we also did a thing called a hobo dinner where you have to like chew up different um vegetables and and like and you cook it over the fire and then it anyway Wait, you chew up the vegetables and yeah because you don't have any into- you don't have any you have like a carrot they give mm-hmm. you a carrot a potato mm-hmm. something else um and a, and a like frozen beef patty uh-huh. you don't chew up the beef the Thank raw you. beef but you do chew everything else up and spit it into a piece of foil and then you just cook it and it's so delicious it's so, like you're hamburger not eating helper other people's no 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 okay it's only, that's it's what only i got confused about i was oh. thinking that everybody was banding together no, no, no we're all to chewing chew and spit into like a no, mutual no, no. okay it's not into anybody else's mouth okay that you're chewed up food is and boring. how much are you chewing it are you just kind of chomping it up so it's just like to cut break it up yeah, yeah exactly i've never done that before yeah i mean if you want you could we could do I that mean, i like, could you know one weekend when you get back hobo dinner i would <laughs> over a campfire i would i i would make fun of myself while i was doing it i mean i definitely would be very self-conscious about yeah. it but i totally would just do it a little salt and pepper just a little s and p good yeah, do it over fire. You don't pit. need to season it inside of your mouth. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And then spit it out. You no. can you can season Although, it. Although marinated it does sound See? pretty good. Yeah, marinate just means you have to walk around. You can't talk to anyone for a while because you're mm-hmm. sucking on whatever it is that you're going to spit out and tag. Cook. You can't play tag because it'll you'll swallow the raw. Forget food. it. It's too dangerous. We don't we don't need those kinds of dangers. But I do remember having a god a god moment twice at that camp, and I I remember one more specifically than the other. We were singing the whole chapel was singing in union in unison um actually in rounds and it was like a very simple like song that's probably like a medieval tune or something mm-hmm. but the sound of it and the and it the song is called love mm-hmm. and just do you remember how it goes i do is it weird if i sing it i really want you to <laughs> so bad if it's around i can join in okay i get used to it maybe enough you'll know maybe you'll know it so anyway it goes um Love, 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 love. The gospel in one word is love. Love thy neighbor as thy brother. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Here's how I know it. Yeah. I know it as a different song. Mm Mm-hmm. It's something like rose, 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 rose. Will I ever see thee wet? I will marry at thy will, sir, at thy will. So I think it's yeah. a medieval song that maybe got yeah, um, just appropriated with some lovely gospel yes. lyrics. I love that round and I it's feel so the same beautiful. way. And my mom and I would sing it like on car trips and stuff. Yeah. I love rounds. Enough rounds cannot are be said great. <laughs> for how great rounds are. I feel people should be making more rounds. I mean, there I aren't enough two. 
of them. When we went into the right? second, second line, there yes. are not enough rounds out there. I sang in a, an all women's chorus in college, and it was like two hundred women, and it was. I mean, I it was like every time we sang, I would just be like, "Guys, I know, amazing! I know, I feel the same. <laughs> I wish I had done more choiry kind Choral, of chorus stuff. Yeah. I just I didn't do like, it. I, I don't very... want to be singing like um, you know, jazz jazz yeah. contempos or whatever. Yeah, but I did like we would sing like old old things. Like um, there's a song called "O Magnum Mysterium," mm-hmm. which we would sing, and I was second alto, so basically the bass, and then. Um, we went one day into the like admissions hall, which was um, had sort of a pantheon in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and uh, and sang a cappella in that, <sighs> and it was and just I the greatest. It. I know, I love Do it. Do you know? There's a band, not a band. It's an all male. Um, chorus called Chanticleer. Have you ever? Yeah, heard oh yeah, of Chanticleer's Christmas. Yeah, they do it at the Walt Disney Concert yes. Hall. Yes, I go every year. Oh my gosh, I haven't been to see that one, but I always go. But that's on the list because I always do. At least I always do the Holiday Organ Spectacular. Yes, uh, and then I always do one other thing. And sometimes uh-huh. it's the sing along. Yeah. Sometimes it's the Messiah sing along. Sometimes it's oh, the you know fun. swing Christmas. Yes. One year it was like uh, like a fiddler, like an Irish Christmas. Oh, like and I haven't Celtic. done Chanticleer yet, and I will totally go this you have year. To go. You oh have my gosh, to I'm so go. excited. Oh my gosh, there's so much for me to write down on this one, just from notes go. for myself. There's a song. There's a song that they sing that has like. I've carried it with me through my life that is like one of those songs that I just like listen to when shit gets crazy or if I'm feeling emotional or overwhelmed or um, pissed off or whatever, yeah. I listen to the song. And it's um, a version of Ave Maria by a composer named Babel. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not exactly how, how you pronounce it, but um, it's uh, it's like B-I-E-B-L. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they sing this and they sing it, you know, a cappella. And they always do it as an encore. But I I saw them, I went to a free concert of theirs at Emory College in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. With Where my, were you at school? I went when to Evansville, going. Indiana. Okay. okay. University Sorry, I was just thinking that when you were talking about the Pantheon. Um, and I went and I heard them and I was like, this is amazing. And then we got their holiday like cassette and that that was on there and it just is like seven minutes or something but it's it's just so gorgeous it's so so gorgeous and i just listen i just like listen to it when i need some peace you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean and i really cannot say enough good things about the meditative nature and that spiritual nature and the kind of communal nature of song in that way and Mm -hmm. it's so Mm -hmm. i love when there's certain art forms and i feel like this a lot actually but certainly probably the most profoundly with human Mm -hmm. voices of just that again and be above and beyond the human condition and that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff which i relate to really strongly too but yeah just that feeling where you're able to completely immerse yourself in something but Mm -hmm. also take a step back simultaneously and go it is so amazing that we did this, that we do this, that we <laughs> yeah. need this, yeah. that we're animals who mm-hmm. must create, feel compelled mm-hmm. to create something 
whose purpose isn't really like this is putting food on the table or this is sex or this mm-hmm. is that it, but that, that yeah. it's hitting it's still hitting a part of our brains that must really need that it craves you it. know yeah i definitely think that's like i mean part of the christian service is so focused on hymns mm-hmm. and there is a certain comfort especially if you've grown up and I'm sure the same is true for the Mormon church. When you grow up listening to the same tunes, whatever the words might be, when you hear them again, you, there's a real comfort to that. Yeah. And there's a real like homecoming. Like I always feel like when I go to my church, um, the church that I grew up in, uh, I, I definitely feel like a sense of, of a homecoming, even if every face is different. And a lot of times I don't know like most of the people there, um, but just to sing a song that I know or, you know, be surrounded, the smell, the way it smells like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It smells so huge too. So huge. Mm-hmm. Well, what? Okay. So I know I'm getting back into this wonderful portrait of you with your stick straight board, flat body and your, uh, traveling snare, um, your marching snare. Uh, what else were you into? What were you excited about? You know, obviously I talked at at length with St. Clair about Anne of Green Gables, but yes, I um, liked Anne of Green Gables, not, and not to the same extent I did. I can't, I liked, I think I saw the show first and then went back and like read obsessively all the books. Yeah. Um, but I was into, what was I into? I was secretly into like SNL and Whose Line Is It Anyway? I was really obsessed with Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. Um, Secretly though. Well, I mean, I didn't, I don't remember sharing that. Well, that's not true. I had, I do have a, um, like a longtime uh, best friend from sixth grade that I, like we dressed up like the wild and crazy guys for for Halloween (laughs) one year. (laughs) Every year I chose it. So I guess it wasn't secret. I just don't remember like, sharing it with that many people except for except for michelle uh-huh but i um i yeah w- one year i was a cone head wow this is great one you did year, love it yeah I, I really did i really did and that you know jan hook's era of, mm-hmm. of snl um sweeney sisters and absolutely and then there was one sketch <laughs> what's jan hooks sorry I, that's she hard, hard uh she that. had a um an arc on 30 rock as Jenna's mother. That's great. So I fell behind still, on my 30 Rock. Still impeccable timing. Of course. Um, there was a sketch, though, that uh, Martin Short did um, with another another man that I'm forgetting his name, but he was in um, all of the uh, Christopher Guest oh, movies. Oh, Harry Shearer? Yes. Yes. And um, they played uh, Synchronized Swimmers. Yes. Oh, that sketch is so... Those characters are amazing. And they did their routine to uh, Frank Stallone's Far From Over, <laughs> which is a pivotal song in my life because I also use that as a song that for one of the characters that, that I did in my one-woman show, um, which was a solid gold reject dancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and she danced to, that was like her uh-huh. dance, her, her dance song. And it's, it's such a phenomenal song. <laughs> <laughs> I, try, I mean, first of all, it's Frank Stallone. So done and yes. done. Um, yeah, that was amazing. I remember that. I remember those sketches. Mm-hmm. Martin Short is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. God damn it. So, okay, so you had a, and so 
was that something with as much as you loved it was that something that you knew was a a goal like uh, obliquely or mm, i don't, even know if I I don't think that i knew um i knew what you meant so it doesn't matter thank if you. it was right thank god i don't know i i didn't really say it out loud that it was a goal until well after i'd moved to new york mm-hmm. um i don't I don't think I knew it was a real option. Like I didn't know anybody that did comedy mm-hmm. growing up. I didn't know any even stand-ups or sketch was kind of a new, except for SNL. It was kind of like kids in the hall was new and I loved that. And um, the state, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of shows were just beginning. And so not kids in the hall wasn't just beginning, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and your awareness anyway. of Yeah. You know. and, and sort of like small town Georgia, like access to it. So uh, what I did know is that I wanted to be an actor, but I just, I had, in my mind, it was like a different version of an actor. Mm -hmm. I was like going to be like Meryl Streep kind of, and go to theater school and do all of that stuff and then move to New York and be an actor, actor. But I just didn't like doing, I mean, I, I did derive some satisfaction from doing like Shakespeare or whatever, but not the same kind of satisfaction that I got from doing improv or sketch or comedy yeah and i got cast in comedy parts all the time so they were trying to tell me something they were trying to tell you something (laughs) i think i had that we have very very similar trajectories in that Mm -hmm. way too because when i look at what i was interested in and what i got excited about it totally makes sense that i would go into comedy but somehow in my mind same it was like i'm i'm sorry i'm an actor yeah i (laughs) i'm an actor i mean i I mean, I'm Juliet. Let's just get our minds wrapped around this. Yes. But then, like, if there was an opportunity to do something dorkier or sillier, I totally yeah. wanted to do it. I didn't... I always... I never was quite right for ingenue, though. I was always... Like, I feel like I kind of am hitting my stride now-ish. Mm-hmm. That's so great. <laughs> but isn't it? I mean, wouldn't you yeah. rather, rather than, like, looking back, those were really the best times of my life. I'll never... At the time, I really wish those were the best times. <laughs> now I'm really happy that these are the best times. Yeah. But, um, and those, those weren't shitty times. I liked those times as well. And it was, it was just about fi- figuring it out and finding the, you know, where you belong and trying out different outfits and communities and, you know. Yeah. Um, and I am thankful for all of it because I, the, the further I go, the smaller it gets, the world mm-hmm. and the more connected things become, you know? Um, but yeah, at the time I did, I, it would have been, it would have been nice to have the perspective that I have now then, but that's not possible. It's never possible for any of us for mm-hmm. sure. I just saw, um, the musical Matilda uh-huh. in New York. Yeah. And, uh, and there was so much great stuff about it. I mean, there was stuff about it that I struggle with, with seeing live Broadway shows, uh, myself i'm sure i've talked about that before i don't like i love the idea of doing it but i'm not i don't always want to sit in the audience and experience it sometimes yeah. i don't get embarrassed sometimes because it, it is so the energy is so over the top yeah, and yeah. right in your face yeah. and um it's a lot it can uh-huh. be a lot but it was cool to see all these little kids just like dancing and acting their little hearts out mm-hmm. and um well, in the back of your mind, you're like, "Are do they have normal lives? Is this okay? <laughs> okay? Is someone yelling at them okay? and cracking the whip? Like, what's going on here?" Right. But uh, but they weren't like show pony kids where you're like, "You're a jerk to everyone else." They all seem still. I don't know how you yeah, tell like, this. They, they, they look like, like all little little weirdos, right? Like little a bunch weirdos, of little weirdos, little, little yeah, little grown ups. Somehow, mm-hmm. not as much like, "Hey, hi, I'm an." You know what I mean? I feel like 
um, I was worried that I would be annoyed by some yeah. of the kids, and instead, I I thought they were all adorable. Or maybe I'm just getting older and I don't care as much. I anymore. remember watching the Tonys this season and thinking every show had children in it. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot of children, and yeah. I was like, "How do they find all these Broadway yeah. like ready children?" Because I, I wouldn't have been Broadway no ready way. when I was like eight years old. Are no you kidding way. me? No way. And the little girl who played Matilda, they have a rotating cast of four girls. Yeah, who Matilda. And the girl that we got, I feel sure just by looking at the headshots, we got the best. <laughs> she was so she was really great. And um, but there's a song in it about kind of you know. I guess maybe the principal song is sort of about what these kids say they're going to do and be and feel like when they grow up. And it really touched a nerve in me. Mm. Like I got really emotional about it because it is the sort of laundry list of things you think that you're going, you're so sure you're going to be able to do or Mm -hmm. want to do because you have the, the sovereignty to do so. Mm -hmm. And that feeling, and that's kind of what this, so much of this podcast is about for me, which is, that you get to the age that you thought you would feel that way. And yeah, you don't really feel that different. You still feel afraid of a lot of stuff or mm-hmm. you still feel mm-hmm. the choices presented to you. You don't have the same kind of abandon that you thought you would as a, you know, if you use yeah. the same value judgment that you had when you were little, you'd be, you know, making different choices and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it was just very emotional for me. But, um, mm-hmm. but what I was going to say, there's something I wanted to ask you about after you said what you said and the best of the time, <laughs> I got to back, back I did up, wanna, back I up. did grow up on, um, I'll just talk until you think of it. I appreciate it. But, um, no, but I just want to listen to what you're saying. Uh, I did grow up watching a lot of musicals and I really thought, I really wanted to be a part of that, that world. Yeah. Part of that world, Little Mermaid. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Is a musical to describe musicals. I makes just sense. listened just makes to, sense. I, not all of them. There's very, I was... I don't know. I guess it was like my mother's knowledge or something. And then whatever I had access to. So like, I don't know a lot. Of, like, I don't know. Hello, Dolly. Yeah. But I'm I, the same. But I know Brigadoon. I know the sound of music. I know, you know, like, like Les Mis. There's a handful of, of them that I became obsessed with and listened to over and over again and belted in my car when I sure. finally got a car. Um, and, and I'm still like touched. The one that I came to late was called is called Chess. Don't know it. It's written by the guys from ABBA. <laughs> I'm already in. And they did it in, we did it at our college and I wasn't in it, um, but I got to see it. And so, and I got, I just was obsessed with it. And like, I know all the words and there's so, the songs are so beautiful. I remember singing them and crying, you know, the same way that you would do with like on my own or something uh-huh. like that. <laughs> um yeah, I loved and and then I would but anytime I got anytime I had to sing publicly and we had to do that twice a year at our college because we would have to audition with a song and a monologue no matter what. And um I would get so nervous to sing out loud in front of people cuz I have more of a I have one of my friends described it. He was like, you have a more comedic voice. Like you could be a lead like in Once Upon a Mattress, like Uh a Carol Burnett style, Uh like lead, but you're not strong enough to be in the chorus because the chorus actually in college was that this was not the way, but on Broadway in the chorus, you have to be like triple threat, like all everybody's like phenomenal. Sure. Like insanely talented. At everything because is, you swing yeah. and you do all these different parts. Oh yeah, I mean that's what blew me away. That's what blew me away too about watching that show. Is like that is that that is. I mean that is really the ultimate talent on parade, right? Is Broadway mm-hmm. because you do sort of think to yourself, 
It doesn't seem possible that you could be dancing that well and singing that well and acting really well. Yeah. Those are really different skills. <laughs> yes, they work great together, so yeah. we sort of take it for granted, but they're so different. Yeah, and it's not as, like, I, in the 40s when every movie was that way, like, it makes more sense that everybody was doing that. But now it's like, there's only one place you're going to find that, and that's on Broadway. Yeah. That's not going to be me. My time, no. that, that ship has sailed. I might be able to, like, throw together some sort of a combo forced if somebody <laughs> needed me to. And I want to be great at it. Yeah. You feel that kind of bubbling energy of like, oh, uh-huh. I wish I could just go up there and be uh-huh. awesome like that. I get the same, not the same satisfaction, but I fill that void by singing karaoke. In New York, I would go a lot. I don't go nearly as much here, but there are, there were places like open during the day, they open at two o'clock and I would Ooh. just go and I would, you could go in a room by yourself and for $4 an hour, sing the entire catalog of That's whatever you wanted. Great. Daytime karaoke. Oh, so good. And then I had a friend who I, um, who was a, a, a phenomenal male singer mm-hmm. and we would go the two of us <laughs> and just sing duets. Yeah. It was the best. I know. It still is the best. We send each other karaoke videos. Oh, what are some of your good duets that you would sing together? Um, oh, what's that song? Um, there's a song from a musical called Parade, uh-huh. I believe, uh-huh. by Jason Robert Brown, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is called All the Wasted Time. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know it, but I made him learn it because it's basically two people that have believed in each other but society said that they were wrong for each other and so it split them apart but they stayed true to each other the whole time Mm -hmm. and then they're essentially reunited and they sing this song and um and it's basically all the wasted time that that i that we were kept apart but i knew that you were that we were meant to be and that you were the person that i knew you to be that sounds it's very promising. Amazing. You sounds can listen very promising. That. So that's from musical. Okay. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more along the lines of like, you know, 80s and 90s rock duets. Oh, I, I also like, but I don't know. I haven't, I mean, I do love like an Almost Paradise. Yeah, or like, right? Um, no one's going to go wrong with that. No. Or that, where's that one that's like, girl, you lie to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, that I want to. Always. Yeah, always. Now. That's right. Mm-hmm. By Atlantic Star always. with two R's. And we. and we, I definitely sang that as a duet <laughs> in those things where you could go to the mall and oh, record a yeah. tape. Mm-hmm. You could record a cassette tape. Yes, that yes. was like karaoke to take home yes, with you. Yes. Before even karaoke was a yes. thing. I ha- I did so many of those and I still have. That's great. Some. I definitely have. I'm pretty positive that somewhere I have. I'm mad about you. <laughs> <laughs> You're mad about me, babe. Nice. And probably also, I think, because I had a boyfriend, my first kind of real boyfriend had a great singing voice, and so we would do them together. And I oh, think man. we have one that's like... You like we're living glee. Yeah, it might be like, after all the stops oh, and stops. Sharon Peter Cetera. Yeah. That's right, a good one. Fresh out of chances are. <laughs> Remember that movie? No. You didn't see that movie? Robert Wait, Downey is that Jr. the dead people? No, that's Heart and Souls. Oh, okay. But around the same time frame and same star. And same star. This was, uh, this was um, Mary Stewart Masterson. Okay. Nope, that's Heart and Souls too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're on a bus. 
No, I just okay. talked about this with Jimmy Pardo, actually. Uh, yeah, j- uh, yep, definitely still Heart Souls. Um, <laughs> Mary Stuart Masterson and Sybil Shepherd play mother and daughter. Okay. And he play. he gets, they're very similar. He gets, hit, her father dies and he gets reincarnated into Robert Downey Jr.'s body. So Robert Downey Jr. falls for Mary Stuart Masterson, but somehow it wakes up his memory of being in love with her mother, Simple Shepherd, like in his past life. Uh-huh. So he's like in love, love with both of them. He's no, he's he, he, he kind of turns into the guy that in his mind, he turns into the guy that died. So yeah. he's, he now finds Mary Stuart Masterson, his daughter. Like he thinks of it as his daughter. And so right. he has no sexual feelings for her whatsoever. But he was in love with her before. With, like he's interested in her. Yeah. He's interested in her. And then something jars his his reincarnated memory when he meets this prospective girlfriend's mother, and suddenly all the attention shifts mm, to the mother. Okay, and so she's crushed. That's terrifying. And then mother is like, "Why is my daughter's son? I mean, why is my daughter's boyfriend hitting on me?" But then he knows a bunch of stuff, and somehow she comes to realize that it is her late husband's spirit. And so there's just and madness wow. ensues. Meanwhile, she's gotten involved with her hus- her late husband's best friend. Yeah, of course. Um, or maybe he's like after her, but they, you know, she's so there's it's a, it's a real love rectangle. That's the eighties for rectangle. you, though. Yes. Oh rectangle. yeah. Where everything was possible. Yeah. People were dying and coming back all the time, falling in love with a, ma- a mannequin who has special Left powers and right all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was romance. Romantic comedies were very fantasy. And like fairy tale based, then is that true mm-hmm. now? A it little boy grows up into a man and yeah. falls and gets to see a woman's breasts. They're all so good. I the mean, that's weird, right? All. An eleven-year-old or whatever is like yeah. checking out Perkins' and, tits. And by the way, gets laid. I mean, he's eleven years old in a man's body it's and having sex. Weird. It's a but it was weird, awesome. I remember it being great. super awesome. Yeah, but it's about being able to have that thing when you're so little, you know, when you, when you want it the most. Yeah. Cause by the time you get to be Perkins age, it's Boresville Snoresville. Just like we were talking about mm-hmm. with the song and the thing you did that for me yeah. on purpose. You brought up full circle. This is what I remembered. I wanted to ask you had nothing to do with what we were talking about at the time. All right. We're going to take a tangent. What I wanted to ask you was because you were an only child. Yes. And because you talked about your girlfriend who was super cool when you were younger. Yes. I'm wondering if you had what what your relationship with your mom was like and or did you have, you know, another friend who took the place of that younger friend who didn't, you didn't, you know, stay friends with, Mm -hmm. but that you kind of, that you did look up to and that you felt like you learned stuff from like how, like who were your, was there a girl in your life that kind of fit that description in high school? No, weirdly enough. I don't know. Um, I have a great relationship with my mom and, uh, I talk to her a lot and I call her whenever I'm need help, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, or when I'm really pissed off and I need guidance or whatever, I call her, you know, and I have friends that say, ask her, will you ask her what I should do? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, now as grownups, she, but she's, she's always been very, um, mindful of our roles i guess like she was she's always been my mom mm-hmm. you know what i mean she didn't um, want to be your best buddy no but i mean i i it, it, because there were just the three of us we there was sort of a like a th- three against the world kind of feeling and we did there were lots of like 
vacations and, you know, time, like tons of inside jokes. And just like, I just remember like having the most amazing time in the car on the way to something. Do you know what I mean? Great. So that, I I don't remember. I think I shifted focus to like, um, I mean, I always had someone that I was like looking up, like in college, I remember there was a girl who was several years older than me, who was an actor in my program. And, um, I just thought she was the coolest and we connected. Um, but it's only ever for like a little bit. Yeah. And I kind of was like, you're awesome. And then I saw her actually, when I was in New York, we went to, she took me to tea and it was Mm. the fanciest thing I'd ever done or been to, Uh you know? Um, she went to Yale. They called her big red. She's really cool. Yeah. But I think I picked women out like that, like that I would look up to like an Amy Poehler or something as I'm kind of going through as I move to each next level, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense for whatever is appropriate for when I need it. Yeah. And so were you ever, it's not, I mean, it sounds like you were a pretty good kid. Like, were you ever a really good kid? Did you ever rebel? Did you ever do anything that you knew was like, I used to do weird stuff at my church, like, cause I was like left alone. Like I, since I had like long skinny arms, like I would always be the ones to reach up into the Coke machine and get everybody free Cokes. Okay. And I mean, but there is something about that. Like the church, the yeah. wildness of the, it's like you all sort of know we're good kids together. We're all good kids together. Cause we're here doing this in this churchy context. Uh-huh. But then that there's some wild streak that that also kind of like lets you, loose in kids. Yeah. I think in other kids, it wasn't in me. I never felt, I was so afraid of disappointing anyone that I would never do anything. And I also was, I never wanted to be out of control. So I didn't drink. I didn't get drunk until I was 20. Like, and I wasn't it. I didn't kind of traffic in that world. I remember I did go to one party in college. I mean, in high school, that was like a, one of my cool friends um, was having people over and they were all drinking. And I got so uncomfortable because I knew I wasn't going to drink. And so I was just like, I sh- I'm going to leave. I got to get out of here because I couldn't. It's not it's no fun to be the sober person at a at a party. But I knew I didn't know anyone that well. And I was like, if I'm going to get wasted I need to do it around people that I know would take care of me, mm-hmm. not these people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And none of my friends, I guess, were really into that. And I, I had like a bunch of <laughs> weird nerd friends from like the band and then from drama and then from all my like advanced placement classes or whatever. Yeah. So I didn't really traffic in that. Um I do remember getting in lots of screaming fights with my, with my mom, but probably not anything like an, like, I think they were much later. I think she will tell you that I went through a bad period, <laughs> like a, a period where I, she just couldn't make me happy. Like there was nothing that she could do right kind of thing. Yeah. But I really remember feeling, um, a separation when I went to college and started feeling like a, an adult for the first time. And then I would come home for a summer or something and stay there. And like one summer, like the 1996 Olympics, I came home and lived at my parents' house. And then I went and worked at the Olympics. Oh, okay. And, um, it was in a zoo. It was, it was, it was like the athletes village. I was part of a team that like worked hospitality and I would like help teams march through the, 
whatever, or I would serve Dikembe Mutombo a Diet Coke or whatever, uh-huh. like <laughs> crazy stuff. <laughs> um, but I remember that feeling of, uh, of, of wanting to be independent, but still like living in and, and having not had rules and not having anyone to like, um, be, be responsible to. Yeah. And then coming home and having that, they wanted to know what time I would be home. And I'd be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm like, living for the city. Oh, that's amazing. But, um, yeah. all right. Well, she, listen, you were a good girl. There's nothing wrong with that. I was. Um, I was. Okay. I'm going to get into this mash game because yeah, what yeah. you just said prompted me to come up with the category. Okay. I like to try to customize whenever possible, but okay. I also like to go tradish. So I like a mix of both. Do it girl. So I'm going, uh, I'm going c- custom first. And asking you um, what you, you know, obviously, this is your both fictitious past and fictitious future that Mm -hmm. we're going to be uh, identifying here via this MASH game. So in this case, I'd like to know, you won an Olympic gold medal. I'd like to know three (laughs) categories that it may have been in. Three Olympic categories. Do they have to be real Olympic categories? Oh, that's a good question. No. So you could surprise me if you want to. Okay. Um... Uh, I should be better at this. Um, I'm going to say discus. Great. I'm going to say, uh, um, weaving. Okay. <laughs> sure. The weaving Olympics. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's I'm a tense, say, that's a tense uh, event to watch. <laughs> Does that take about eight, nine hours? Baskets and looms. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, uh, um, recreating dances from 80s movies. Oh, wow. 70s and 80s movies. Oh, dance recreation. Gosh, I really hope you get that. <laughs> Sometimes I feel tempted to cheat when I do a mash. I won't cheat, but I, I, I have my cheat. fingers crossed. Um, okay, next category will be... Uh, how about... Three karaoke songs mm-hmm. that uh you have to sing one of three karaoke songs at like a dear dear friend's wedding well mm-hmm. which which three which three would you hope to get one of okay um fancy by reba mcintyre great <sighs> um power of two by the indigo girls great I'm never going to argue with little IG. And um, another one, I'll say Heaven Help My Heart from Chess. Great. I got to see Chess. Just hear it. You don't really, oh, or you don't, hear it. I wouldn't see it. Okay. I wouldn't see, you wouldn't see it? Why wouldn't, why shouldn't I see it? I've never, first of all, I don't know. If I mean, I, I the saw option. it. Yeah. I guess I saw it and fell in love with it, but I only listened to it now. I've never like watched it on the. I don't know how you would go see it. Yeah. Unless you like went to the Lincoln Center Library or something. Okay. Then I guess that's not, <laughs> I'm probably not going to turn that into you my life's work. You might find it. Maybe it's on Netflix or something. Chess. Like a weird, maybe the concert recording or something. Okay. Now, listen, all due respect Yay. to your current relationship. Yeah. I am going to need to ask you for three crushes. Now they could be, uh, they could be fictitious characters from a mm-hmm. film or a television or a mm-hmm. book. They could be celebrities, but they could be a celebrity from like, you know, old school Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure, but I do need sure. Three. 
Idris Elba. <laughs> Get in line <laughs> for the sexiest man on earth. Oh, God. Um, like, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable how incredibly dynamic and sexy he is. Agreed. Oof. Uh, great. Um, we could just do all the wire. I know. That guy that plays McNulty oh, will be the second one. Dominic, uh, West. West. Yep. Um, and, ooh, the guy from The Killing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The real tall one that's like, oh, I think it's discount. What's his name? Sarsgaard? Steven Not Sarsgaard. No, no. That's confusing. <laughs> no, that's a murder guy. Um, he's oh yeah, not cop. Peter Sarsgaard, but this, but he's the Swedish the guy has a similar sounding name. No, because he's Swedish. He's not Swedish. I don't think. Is he Swedish oh, in yeah. real life? Oh yes, he is. He was on the original Swedish Nuh-uh. series. Isn't that crazy? No, he's not American. He's amazing. Wow. He's doing an accent. Like he's doing an American accent. Yeah. He's, it's, wow. it's amazing. I really hope I'm not wrong about that. I'm pretty sure I'm a hundred percent right. I'm going to Google it. So I guess I'm 70% sure. I'm going to Google it. Um, I forget his name. I'm going to look really um, quick. Lyndon and uh, his name, Holder, Holder. Detective Holder. Oh, yeah. Let me just quickly look. I'm sorry. This is my favorite part for those of you who are listening to it after the fact. Um, because I know that you know the answer to this and you're waiting for me to find it out. <laughs> you it. Joel oh. Kinnaman. Yeah. That's him. Uh, here I come. Going to give him. you some information about Joel Kinnaman. Born. Stockholm, Sweden. <gasps> oh, my God. Swedish American actor from Stockholm. Best known for playing as we lead roles. So Swedish film Easy Money. Yada, yada. Career. Wow. From to the AMC's The Killing. Okay, so Joel I'm Kinnaman. really like... I'm glad I was right I'm even that. more impressed with Joel. I know. Joel's talents as a... As a thug from this as a drug thug from the streets of <laughs> seattle gone couldn't agree more cop couldn't agree detective more. couldn't agree more um okay let's do a different category let's do um let's do places you wish you could have played with your marching band anywhere in the world <laughs> you could have you guys all could have gone together to play okay um, I would, the first place would be the DCI competition, which is drum corps international, which are the, the ultimate mm-hmm. marching bands. It sounds tense. <laughs> it sounds pretty like intense. Competition. Great. Pretty intense. DCI competition. Great. Um, I, maybe somewhere like, um, I mean, marching band, is that a, is that anywhere else but America? It I mean, I now. would say we could go other places, but like, I don't care about going other places if they don't understand what they're seeing. <laughs> I got it. So I let's it. say something like somewhere in Oklahoma, let's say okay. Tulsa. I feel All like right. they would really get it. Great. And then let's say um, like Chicago in the summer. Great. <laughs> Love it. Um, how about, how about three... How about three musicals? You wrote a new musical uh-huh. about something. Uh-huh. Uh, give me three. Gynecology Great. slash babies. Love um, it. That's what's on my mind mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the laser show. I love it. 
That'd be a great musical. I'll say. Um, and maybe like a small town gardener a from Trump. Alabama. Alabama. That's very specific. I don't know what prompted that, but I'm I'm impressed at the specificity of that. <laughs> That's an improviser, everyone. That's an improviser. Uh, I'm going down uh, tradition without even knowing if it's going to be of interest to you. Yeah. Um, three foods you wish you could eat uh, without any ramifications whatsoever, whenever you wanted, in whatever volume you wanted. Uh, banana pudding. Oh, yes, please. Sweet tea. And Coke. <laughs> Great. It's funny, just the way you said Coke, I heard Georgia, and Coke. I never hear your accent, ever. Coke. I'm impressed. I think I'm going to Did you have an accent back. when you were growing up? Yeah. I think I, well, I, when I was real little, I mm-hmm. had one. My parents both have one. Mm-hmm. I think if I listen back to this, I'll be able to hear it. Yeah. Just when you said my parents, I heard it, but yeah. other than that, I've not heard it at all. I think when you start listening to it and then to whenever I talk about Georgia, like probably the whole laser show, show yeah. section, you probably heard it. It's so cool. I think that's so neat how your brain just automatically starts accidentally filling in with. I know. It's, a, it's like the deep, mm-hmm. deepness. It's coming out. You can't hide it. Uh, okay. Great answers. How about um, uh, a place, an imaginary place mm-hmm. that you have like a second home? That could mean that you go to the moon. It could mean that you go oh. to the Shire. It could mean that you go to some magical Disney world that exists, like go jumping into the Mary Poppins chalk drawings or you know anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, the place the the village that Belle from Beauty and the Beast great lived love it with her inventor father um mm, another home maybe in the in the woods of Georgia near wherever the Indigo Girls rehearse great no problem <laughs> with that whatsoever. I'd just be listening to them. I could just open a window and hear them. That's great. And um, anywhere there's like uh, maybe like a, a sort of a main coastal something ocean. Only the water is always as warm as it is in South Carolina during okay. the summer. Main coast magic warm. <laughs> water great and then lastly um extensive i just remember there being four categories i don't know i I always played it with three but i think it depends on who who was doing the fashion um okay i'm gonna go with i'm thinking through what we talked about i've made this very customized indeed um (laughs) So for the final category, how about, I don't know why I'm allowing myself to take this much time. This is ridiculous. How about. Everybody that's listening loves you so much. They're oh, really being patient. that were true. I'm going to go with, I feel like I, I really am putting my, I'm painting myself into a corner here with how important I think this final one needs to be. It doesn't need to be that important. It doesn't need to be that important. How about um, three styles of clothing that you see other people work, and it could be from any era, Yeah, that 
isn't particularly practical for you as a person, but like what a great thing to just be able to have in an imaginary world. Okay, so this is the fantasy that I wish I could rock them, but mm-hmm. they're not appropriate for my body. Or just that it's not like you like ultimately still people don't wear little sweet hats that are pinned into their heads and gloves like I yeah. wish they did. I'm not oh. going to become the retro person. Right, right, right. Sporting but you would that do that from the night from a 1960s you would do that. Alfred Hitchcock movie, but sure. I would love to have that be a thing I did all the time. Could be that too. Um I would say like a red 70s pantsuit great like a backup singer would not would wear with like a sensible boot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. great um maxi dresses mm-hmm. uh i would never i'll probably never in my life wear a maxi dress <laughs> copy maybe that maybe only in a photo shoot and in mash love it <laughs> um and then maybe um like a really awesome worn in pair of cowboy boots. Great. Great. Okay. All right. Tell me when to stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Eight. I'm pausing this when I come back. Get ready because you are going to find out what future <laughs> is in store for you. Okay. All right. Uh, I wanted to say saddle up, saddle up for this uh, outcome. And I think the reason that I felt like I wanted to say saddle up is that I, I want to just say it's very country, whatever worn pair of cowboy boots <laughs> you like to trot out and just really enjoy as you're saddling up for these mash results. Okay. You probably want to put those on now. I'm kicking them on. Right I want now. you to kick them. I want you to kick them on. And then I want you to kick them into the stirrups of a lab table because you have written a smash musical on gynecology. <laughs> That's a dream of dreams. So slip your cowboy boots right into that. Very excited about Nothing that. Nothing would give me more joy than to get to research all about the process of birth even more. By all means, <laughs> get right on into it. I feel like I might become a midwife. It could That's not a joke. For sure. You could for <laughs> sure a doula, write a musical a, about like absolutely, doulas. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question there's room for that. There's yes. no question there's room for that. So, don't steal Lennon's idea because she and St. Clair copyright it right now, guys. And I'm going to get in. I'll help write Oral music copyright that stuff. Oral okay. copyright. It's it it's binding. <laughs> It's binding. Um, I don't know how you've managed to do that on top of also winning an Olympic gold medal in discus. Oh, good. But congratulations. Thank you. I can't believe this, you were the first Olympic gold medalist I've had on the podcast. Oh, thank Probably you. Probably the last. Got a lot of turning power. Oh, man. I mean, I'm going to say that it's the inertia. It's not even me. I think you're probably... Well, I appreciate that. You're giving it up to something higher than you. <laughs> yeah. Inertia. Always. Um, uh, I hope that you had a wonderful time visiting Tulsa, Oklahoma with your marching band. <laughs> yes. I'm sure As you I watched said, it with a lot of fond memories. They appreciate a marching they band. They get it. They get it. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. And we would have been outclassed at DCI and would have felt bad. This is a situation where you really get to shine mm-hmm. in a we will be the best. less intimidating context. Exactly. I think it's great. Um, I also want to... Oh, this sounds so good. I, I love that you get to eat unlimited amounts of banana pudding. That oh. certainly is the one that I would have picked for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm pleased for myself. So I'm very, very pleased at that outcome. Um, I don't know if you sang this at your own wedding, but certainly you were ent- able to entertain a, a, a group of people 
with the dulcet tones of Heaven Help My Heart from Chess. <laughs> Nobody really wants to hear that. I did sing that for a departmental ad. Actually, for a, um, what was it? It was like the, some summer stock audition, essentially, uh, for the middle of the country. Uh That's what I, and I, um, started singing it and I brought my hand to my chest and I just left it there sideways, like with my elbow (laughs) extended for the rest of the song. Until it was over. My 16 barns. It was so weird. Oh, that's a wonderful choice. Um, Speaking of wonderful choices, I don't know how it is that you have an apartment on the main coast surrounded Mm. by magical warm water. It feels like that would have been more of a mansion or a house, but it is in fact an apartment. No, it's fine. It's built into the rocks. It's just built and it's nestled right into the rocks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is a place that you go and share uh, with your sweet <gasps> sweetie pie who is it a uh, mr dominic west all right you ended up with mcnulty all right i didn't orchestrate that so that i would end up with idris elba i'm a very generous person i would have let you have him if the if the cards if, the, if it was in way. the cards but it just it, that's not what happened but i do think it was a very successful mash indeed yeah i think you did very, very thank good you work. so much i think we did some really good work here thank today thank you so so much for i can't all your say generous that, well energy i'm extremely generous i can't i don't know if it was better or worse than your dentist appointment but I hope it was better. I'm going to say better. Good. Do you need to take a break right now? Good. Like my dentist did after he worked on me. I should have taken a break midway through. We finished this bad boy now. Mm-hmm. So we're home free. Okay. Um, but I do, I do need to take a break. That's permanent because it's over. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to kiss you full on the lips when you leave. I love it. So that's what's going to happen. Oh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Do you, you want to uh, 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 tell everybody about what's the, what's the status with your show and the where status. people should be tuning in and all that good stuff? Sure. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a new show on USA so in awesome. a March, end of March, April, spring. Let's say spring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Playing House, and it's another show that Jessica and I wrote together, star in, and produce. And um, we're really excited. We've got an amazing cast of our friends, essentially phenomenal comedians that you know and love. And um, it's basically about St. Clair uh, moves in to help me raise uh, my baby. Great. So it's lots of fun super m- many adventures and oh, insanities that's happen. so awesome people who loved uh your first show are going to be so happy to yes. bring themselves and all of your friends and the rest of america over to check that out and i yes, love that usa yeah. is doing comedy and that they're um bringing two strong women voices in because this Agreed. is really their first foray and it's like it is super appreciated on my part that they're doing that you're going to start airing promos soon and awesome. we can't believe it so awesome we've never been taken again. care of so well Uh, And you're on Twitter? Yeah, Lennon Parham. There you go. Simple as that. Lickety split. E pluribus unum. (laughs) Justice for all. Uh Uh-huh. Amen. Far and few between. See? There we go. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Lennon, thanks for doing this. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye, everybody. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.